instead of thinking of parenting from this on high approach, what if we just treated children like full-fledged members of the team instead of just someone who needs to obey or else these things are going to happen? And so that's one of the shifts that we're really focused on as well. Is your child's challenging behavior leaving you feeling exhausted, defeated, and hopeless? You are not alone. And I want you to know you are not a failure and your child is not broken. Welcome to Calm the Chaos Parenting, the podcast for parents raising strong-willed, highly sensitive, or neurodivergent children. I'm Dana Abraham, parenting expert, and I have helped hundreds of thousands of families just like yours. Each week, I'll share simple science-backed solutions to help you feel more grounded, in tune, and deeply connected to your child, no matter what challenge you face. Start your journey from surviving to thriving as a family at calmthechaospodcast.com. I feel like there's a really big problem with parenting, and that is just that no matter what you try, no matter what you do, if you've got a kid that doesn't fit nice pretty box it feels like nothing works yeah i hear you i feel like that's something that we've seen time and time again not just in our own family but something that we've seen with all of the families that we've helped and so for those of you that are listening if that is something that you've ever dealt with feeling like you try absolutely everything and nothing works for your kid i want you to know that you are not alone and there is a path forward and that's what we're going to be talking about on today's episode We're going to be talking about why the methods that you have tried might not be working. And here's a little hint. It's not because you're doing something wrong or because something's wrong with your kid. And we're also um, going to talk about some alternatives and a path forward that is going to give you more confidence and rebuild your relationship with your kid. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned like, you know, we've seen... At this point, like thousands of people come through our program, mm. uh, you know, Calm the Chaos. And, you know, we've seen a lot of their pain points. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what what are some of the common struggles that, that you see? I think one of the things that we see first and foremost is I think we see a lot of parents who are the ones who are doing a lot of the research and doing a lot of the you know, going to the summits, reading the books and doing the online learning. And many of them even have gotten PhDs in child psychology and development. And yet they are still struggling with their child's behavior. They're they're dealing with their kids not being able to express their emotions. They're dealing with increased anxiety. They're dealing with sibling fighting. They're dealing with their not being able to get out of the house. They're dealing with you know, tantrums or meltdowns or outbursts. And it just, you know, there's every time they come to us, they feel like my kid is different or something must be terribly wrong. This must be an anomaly. I must be the only one dealing with this. But yet the things we're going to talk about on this podcast are happening so much more frequently than people believe they are when you're the one in it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. That, that like constant state of overwhelm, mm-hmm. um, you know, like that that feeling like I have no time for myself. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we have. I mean, I know that was my case when I was going through it with, you know, our son. And 
I just, I had lost who I was. I was going weeks without showers because I was going from meltdown to meltdown to meltdown. And I was trying to keep the other kids safe. And I was trying to keep you from being frustrated. And I just felt so alone. I constantly blamed myself. And I see that so often with the parents that we work with all around the world. And, you know, it reminds me of when I first started Lemon Lime Adventures, and we talked about it in the first episode. Yeah. But when I first started, I really did it selfishly so that I would be able to find one other parent who was going through a lot of the same things that I was going through or we were going through. And it surprised me because I didn't find one other person. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I found millions. And so, you know, my hope with this podcast and with this episode specifically is that we can kind of debunk this myth that if your kid is struggling with behaviors, that somehow that means that you are a bad parent. And I would like to debunk this myth that, you know, kids should behave well, you know, that that is just the norm. And anything that goes outside of that must mean that you need to be stricter or you need to be a stronger parent or you need to get your kid checked out because something must be wrong with them. That's what I really want to veer away from. And if you're here looking for how to be a stricter parent, let me just let you in on a little secret. You're in the wrong place. That's not what you're going to get here, right? So um, yeah. So is there anything else that you see a lot? You help coach in our Calm the Chaos program a lot. So what are some other common things that you see people coming in and struggling with right at the beginning? You know, one of the 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 biggest pieces here, at least from me, right, is sort of this concept of like almost like authoritarian parenting or like, you know, sort of like old way. Mm, yeah. Almost, you know, uh, and uh, what we see a lot is like this juxtaposition between like one parent and the other. Oh, we see that. Right. Where like one parent is on the parenting journey. Right. And then, like, <laughs> they're trying to get the the partner on board. Yeah, we call that old way a lot. And for those of you that aren't familiar, this is, like, you know, rules from on high, right? Like, the way that a lot of us were raised, I, I was raised, um, you know, I'm not going to say my age, but I'm over 40. And so, you know, hey, and... Uh, it's Google. We could just Google it. You could Google how old I am. That's right. I'm actually not ashamed of how old I am, but... That's why I'm confused. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. I think it's a thing people say. So I just thought I was supposed to say it. Okay. Great. Yeah. Well, well this is like that. parenting. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, well, this is what I thought was supposed to happen. Oh so my I gosh. just did it. Yeah, you're right. It is. That is so true. So, but what I was thinking is this is how so many of us were raised is, you know, when I got, when, when I talked back to my mom, I had to go outside and get a switch. And, you know, or if, I got a bad grade. I had to get the paddle and, you know, I would, you know, stuff my pants with books so that it wouldn't hurt. And, you know, but that was, that was how I was raised. It was kids were to be seen and not heard. We were supposed to have good manners and, you know, it was all about fitting in. And, and one of the things that we talk a lot about, because my mom for a long time thought, because I was going away from that style of parenting when I had my own kids, she thought I was somehow saying that she had done it wrong. 
And I think that we hold on to that ego part of, well, that's how I did it, or that's how I was raised. So that must be the right way. But if we can release that piece of it, and we can say, okay, yeah, that might have been how I was raised, but it's clearly not working, or I wouldn't be in the situation that I'm in. So maybe what if there's another way? And and I also want to say that I also realized that that way of parenting was done for a very, very valid reason. So um, we talk about this a lot about the you know industrial revolution yeah. and about needing factory workers and needing needing soldiers and for literal survival is where a lot of those strategies and a lot of where those parenting methods came from. Yeah, and. The, the the truth of the matter is we are no longer looking to raise factory yeah. workers anymore. We're not looking for good soldiers. We're not looking for yes men. We're looking for yeah. kids to be, you know, yeah. like, it's just, there's a shift. There is a shift. And, and I just want to like put a little point out there for anyone that's listening. I also don't want to ignore the fact that there are, there are certain communities there are certain populations that still do need to adhere to the authority because their lives are in danger. Sure. And so, but that does not mean that they need you to be tough at home for them to learn how to, you know, listen to authority when they're out in public. And I think that we could probably, you know, I actually plan on inviting experts from those populations into the podcast to talk about this. But that is one thing that I just want to make sure we kind of put out there that there are some people that still need that kind of strict or believe they need that strict because in certain situations, they need their kids to be safe. Absolutely. Yeah. And in some ways, our son needed that as well. Right. Like he had to he had to be able to do what authority said or he was put in really dangerous holds when he was a child. So, yeah. um, and so we had to, we had to kind of navigate that aspect. That's not what we're really going to talk about today, but I just thought I should say that little tidbit. So we see, we see a lot of people who come into our world and I did this, especially as a teacher and, you know, having people like Alfie Cohn and having people like Laura Markham, the speakers that I had learned from in education field, it was, for me, it was not a doubt in my mind that I didn't want to do this older way of parenting because in the classroom, I never would have been that way, sure. right? I, it was, it was always, let's be, you know, let's be empathetic. Let's work together. Let me validate your emotions. Let's, you know, have class meetings together and so when I became a parent, I thought, okay, I'm going to go this positive parenting route. I'm going to do, um, you know, conscious parenting and respectful parenting and gentle parenting and all these things. And we see this all the time. And please hear me out. There's nothing wrong with any of those. But what happens is there's so many different parenting methods out there now that parents just kind of feel like they're like, well, I've tried everything. And and which pieces do I use and which pieces do I not use? And I think so many people get stuck on this idea of, of the name of the parenting, the style of parenting. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of make a bold claim. I don't think it's about the name of the parenting. I think it's about how we show up. And yeah. I think it's about our goal as parents. And it's shifting 
how we view the parent-child relationship and how we view the behaviors and how we how we approach behaviors that's so radically different than the way many of us were raised, even the way that your parents raised you. Because I think for your parents, yes, they were super, you know, loving and nurturing, but were they really digging under the surface to find out why three-year-old you was going mad, mad, mad? No, not at all. <laughs> right. Like that wasn't on their radar. Right. They knew that I needed some extra love and support yeah. or whatever. And they like had that patience to to deal with me. Right. Um, you know, and I had anger control issues and stuff, yeah. you know, so old way, new way, right? Like newer way. Like there's, there's a lot of different names we could call things. Right. But like, you know, what, what's kind of, where are we going? So I think what is happening is I think that now is the best time in history to be raising kids that don't fit a mold. Right. And up until this point, so many people have felt like, there's not a parenting method that works for their unique kid. And that we talked about this a little bit in the last episode is that there is no, it, it doesn't have to be cookie cutter. It doesn't have to be picture perfect. And that all children are unique and all families are unique. And so what we need instead of focusing on the discipline and the, and the, the boundaries and like the on, the, on all the structure, right? And I'm not saying that kids don't need structure, but instead of focusing on that being the prevailing wind, what we need to be focusing on instead is the, the relationship and the understanding. So our kids, the number one thing that they need, especially these kids who are really challenging, is they need one person who sees them, who hears them, who understands them for who they are. And who is willing to look beneath the surface and willing to help them understand themselves. And so the calm, the chaos way, what we've discovered over, you know, the last 10 years over working with hundreds of thousands of families around the world is that there are these best practices in how sure. to be human. And there are there's a lot of amazing research on you know, neurodiversity and the brain and child development that has come in just the last, you know, 20 years and there's new stuff coming out as we speak. And and so there we know so much more now that we can do so much better. And so, again, I think instead of focusing on do I do, you know, do I do authoritarian parenting? Do I do this kind of parenting? Do I do that kind of parenting? Instead, it's what kind of relationship do I want with my kids? And how do I create a child who is compassionate towards themselves and compassionate towards others? Because if we create children who are compassionate towards themselves and towards others, I mean, imagine the world that we're going to have. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, that's one of my favorite things. Like people come into our world and then it's like, hey, guys, what if you treated your kid as part of the team, right? Mm -hmm. What if you treated them like a human, right? Like it was just a yeah. radical advice. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I'd love if we kind of just talked through a couple of the some of the paradigm shifts that we kind of prescribe to or what we believe. And, yeah, absolutely. And, um, but before we do that, can we talk just a little bit before we go into that about why some of these other methods aren't working? Because we kind of yeah. skipped over that. So I want to talk just a little bit about two two different things. One, I want to talk about why some of these older strategies don't work anymore. And we're talking about um, strict rules. We're talking about 
parent-led everything. We're talking about um, timeouts. We're talking about actual physical punishment um, and in some of those things as well. And so then some of the reasons why that doesn't work is one is that it's led by fear. Right. Is that punishments just teach you to blindly comply and they teach you fear. And I don't know about you, but I want to parent with love. I don't want to parent with fear. Yeah. Fear's a great motivator. Right. But it's not really like a great teacher. No. Yeah. It's not the thing that we want. We want our kids to grow up and know why they're doing what they're doing and and how to how to take what they've learned and take that into the future. And if it's all based on fear, when when that barrier is gone, right, then. Yeah. And in a lot of the times it ends up being like a quick fix, mm-hmm. right, that never really addresses the, the core issue. Dana here. And guess what? My book, Calm the Chaos, has officially launched. So if you enjoy the podcast and find the stuff we're sharing valuable, I'm 100% sure you're going to love the book. You can get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com. And if you use this link, you'll also get some special bonuses. So once again, the link is calmthechaosbook.com. Thanks. I hope you're enjoying the show. Yeah. And, you know, and when we talk about it's not just these older ways, sometimes some of these newer strategies as well, they are... There, we're talking about strategies that are let's reward the kids, let's use sticker charts, let's use, you know, behavior modification. Those are still kind of slightly newer. Um, let's let's tell our kids like these, you know, let's be kind but firm. And and I think sometimes when we lead with that, it really gets to it's the parent is in charge and the kid is there to learn from the parent. And instead of it being collaborative, instead of, you know, I've learned so much from our kids and I've learned a ton from you and I learn a ton from other people. And so to think that me as an adult, just because I have more years on our kids that I somehow know more than them. Right. Like you've seen all the angles involved. Yeah. And that that's difficult, too. Now, yeah. you mentioned sort of like the 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 school piece of like oh maybe we're doing reward charts or sticker charts or all these sort of like you know very positive i think a lot of people are using those at home too yeah at home too yeah right now definitely better than like hey go get a switch right yeah, so but it's still so we've got an upgrade right but the the problem here is like it's it's not really like it's it's really one size fits all well and it's rewarding the children who who naturally are people pleasers. Um, it's rewarding children for masking their their needs and wants. Yep. It's rewarding children for fitting a certain narrative or mold. And then it lacks any skill building or teaching. And then yep. it really pits, like puts a big old shining highlight on the kids who are struggling to communicate their needs or who are struggling to get their needs met in the class, it really highlights, I mean, we always said, you know, you can have any classroom management strategy you want, but our son's going to find the hole in it, right? And it, but it really, and we have another, we have another child who's the complete opposite and she will, to a T, try to fit any classroom reward strategy, but she will hide the fact that she's broken her arm, right? And how many of our kids are sitting with a like 
not an actual broken arm, but they're sitting with that pain. They're sitting with that discomfort and not saying anything just so that they can get the sticker or the point for the class. Well, sure, sure. And like, you know, you're using this broken arm analogy, like our daughter really did break her arm and sat in school and, and just kind of- And didn't like, tell anyone. Grin and bared it, right? Yep. Because otherwise I'm going to get the the yellow mark on the wall or whatever for standing out. Well, I mean, she wasn't going to get, I just want to be clear. <laughs> she was not. And I think we could do a whole nother episode just on the dangers of rewards and punishments. But I, I just, the big thing here is, and I want to be clear, she didn't get in trouble. She perceived that she was going to get in trouble. That's what I was going to say. It's like, whether it's a headache or like an actual physical injury, right? I don't want to interrupt, yeah. right? Like, I don't want to stand out. And that's the thing here is that these, a lot of parenting strategies out there, they ignore the core needs that are under the surface. They are not customized to the unique child and to the unique family and their background and their needs. And there's a lot of blame on whether it's the kid's fault or whether it's the parent's fault. And I just think that we can do away with all of that without thinking about what style is right or wrong. And instead, and I'm not even saying calm the chaos style is right. What I'm saying is, is that what we have found is the best practices across different fields so that you're looking at it together. It's not one piece or this piece or that piece. It really is this very zoomed out, holistic look at raising human beings. Yeah. And so can we talk about some of the shifts, some of those paradigm shifts and what that really looks like so that people can kind of picture it and they're not just saying, okay, but yeah, well, what does that mean in real life? Yeah. Now we, we talked a bit in that, that last little piece, which is like, what's kind of like the existing problems. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we talked about uh, like seeing the, the kids like as a problem or something mm -hmm. to fix. Yeah. I mean, we see that all the time. We see when we talk about, but why is a child doing what they're doing? There's this, there's this look for, is it you know, because there's a diagnosis? Is it because there is something wrong with the kid? Is it because there's something wrong with the parenting? Is it because there's, right, we're always looking for the negative instead of saying, I'm just curious, why is this happening, right? Like, what makes them tick? What are their sensory preferences? What are their needs? What are their wants? What are their interests? Like, really looking at, hmm, I wonder why they do that, right? And because, when we look at it as a problem, as something to fix, then what then comes next is suspensions, expulsions, timeouts, isolations, all these things that do more to disconnect the child than actually help them figure out their own body. And yeah. And it's life. it's very like us versus them. Yeah. Right. And like competition, like us versus them is like the oldest way there is, mm -hmm. right? And like, spoiler alert, like Darwin got it wrong, right? It is not survival of the fittest, right? When we can collaborate and work together, that is when we are at our strongest. Yeah. That, that kind of brings us to the second paradigm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Another thing that is is very fascinating to me is all of the different sort of like systems that we've set up as a society that are top down are starting to crumble apart. They're starting to fail, right? These new generations are coming in and like these systems just aren't working anymore. Can you give some examples for people about what you mean by that? 
Well, like the most recent thing that that is like top of mind right now is how like, you know, going through COVID, moving uh, work solutions from like very centric office based to like spread out, right? We have this like virtual revolution, mm -hmm. right? And what we're seeing is that the new workers, like the new workforce, right? They don't understand the top down like approach. It's not working for them, right? When the manager walks in the room and says, this is what we're doing. And everyone else just has to eat their own opinions or feelings, right? Like they they don't feel like they're part of the team and then they go find somewhere where they do feel part yeah. of the team. Yeah. Right. So like that's one example. Yeah. And we, we see uh, research has shown time and time again and also real life examples like you're just saying is that when we can be more collaborative, when people can he when everyone's voices can be heard, then you're more successful, right? Some of the greatest teams in sports and on earth are where the coach is not just saying, this is what you do, this is what you do, but hey, guys, like, this is how we work together. And so this paradigm shift is instead of thinking of parenting from this on high approach, what if we just treated children like full-fledged members of the team instead of just someone who needs to obey or else these things are going to happen. And so that's one of the shifts that we're really focused on as well. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's just, it, to me, it's super fascinating, mm -hmm. right? The, the, how it's not just one avenue or arena. There are multiple shifts happening all yeah. around, like in society. Yeah. Uh, so not just parenting. Yeah. One of the biggest things that we see, you know, with with our our students when they come into our world, right, is there's a big gap between where their children are and where they'd like them to be. Yeah, we hear a lot, and we see it, and I see it in my professional, you know, work as well. Is just this need and desire parents want their kids to grow up and be happy and successful. But successful to them is in this, like, they have their own view of what successful is. And then they're, why is my kid not able to do this? Why is my kid not able to keep up with the Joneses? Why is my kid not able to, you know, just get with the picture? And and so the the next paradigm shift that we really focus on is instead of focusing on getting children to fit into a mold, getting children to trying really hard to create little us's, right? What if we were able to look at kids and we were able to allow kids to, to fully be themselves and we were able to accept them for who they are right now, not for who we want them to be, um, with their own opinions, with their own preferences. We allowed our kids to speak up, to express their opinion. And all while fully being themselves and not squashing who they were designed to be. Yeah. What wouldn't that make possible? Yeah. What does that make? Possible? If we have a society who is accepting yeah. and inclusive of, hey, we're all different here. We're all unique. Yeah. But that doesn't mean we can't work together. Like, how can we make this work as a team? Yeah. Yeah. And it and it really is about helping the kids be able to know that, hey, I can be fully myself and I have this safe place to be seen, to be heard, to be accepted, to um, to understand myself and sure. be able to express myself. Sure. And and then, you know, that sort of like begs the question as we're coming, like, you know, but like, how are we going to be safe? Isn't this just going to be anarchy? You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I think what we're it takes us to that final uh, paradigm shift, which is really about 
what if we are able to, instead of it just being all about the kids leading the way or all about the parents leading the way, it, what if it was this, as children, we become their safe place as their parent, as their person that they can trust. We become that safe place so that they can express themselves, make mistakes, and they can take risk. And as they're doing that, we can help them understand why they do what they do. We can help them develop relationships. We can help them navigate the world around them and make sense of the world around them so that, you know, we talked about in the last episode that we didn't want our son to hate the world so that they can navigate the world. They can understand the world as they're moving forward because they have that compassion, not just for others, but also for themselves. And they're able to advocate for themselves. So we're almost, we're teaching them those life skills by being that safe place as they move forward. What I really love about the framework you've created and the roadmap you've created for, you know, over the last couple of years and with a couple thousand parents, right, and families uh, is, right, it's this, this family team approach, mm -hmm. right, where not just the kids, not right. just the parents, but everyone, right, even the dog, even the cat, right, yeah. like everyone's needs everyone's preferences, everyone's, you know, like sort of like safety mm -hmm. is addressed and like weighed out. And, yeah. you know, it's not just what dad wants. It's not just what kid wants. Yeah. Right. There's a balance. Yeah. It's, yeah, I like to call it kind of this ecosystem is that you're creating this ecosystem in the home where, where kids are safe, where parents are safe, where siblings are safe to speak their mind, to be who they are to say what's go what frustrates them, what upsets them, what's wrong. And then together you come together and you create out-of-the-box solutions that work for each family member so that it's not just, oh, well, we have to tiptoe around the aggression or we have to walk on eggshells so we don't set off dad or we have to do these certain things so that, you know, the little one doesn't just cry all day, right? We really do work together and we don't just understand ourselves. We don't just understand the one kid, right? They don't feel like they're the one being fixed in the family, but it really is how we work together as a family and understand each family member's needs. And so, you know, that is what we're really trying to do here with Calm the Chaos is help families create a family team that works together, that understands each other, advocates for each other, and ultimately empowers each other to be themselves and to to live a life that is out of the box that is um you know just this exciting life where they're able to do things that right now as you're listening to this you're like yeah this sounds really great Dana but how are we going to do that and that's why you're going to want to listen to the next episode because in the next episode we are going to walk through the calm the chaos system and how this is possible even if you're dealing with, you know, what we call category three storms, even if you're dealing with a partner who is not on the same page as you, um, if you're dealing with your own trauma, if you're dealing with a background of, you know, being raised in an older style and you're just trying to navigate this, we're going to walk through that system tomorrow. But I really wanted you today, I think my main focus is really to address this myth that if things aren't working for you that somehow you're doing it wrong or that somehow your kid is broken. 
And I just want to dispel that myth. If that's the only thing you get from today, that's what I want. Don't worry so much about figuring out like what to do instead. Just think through like, how do I want to show up and how can I create a family that works together, that empowers each other? And and if you have that goal, then you're going to be headed in the right direction. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that comes back to something that like we teach mm -hmm. almost everyone that we meet, probably even at the grocery store. Right. Yeah. You just need to know like where you're going. Right. And that tiny next step. Oh, absolutely. Right. Now, if we're being selfish, I think your guys' tiny next step is just to like watch episode three or, or listen to episode three. I think so, too. I think that, you know, if you're looking for how do I create a family that works together, that empowers each other? How do I make these paradigm shifts? And what is my tiny next step on this journey? I would say that it's to go to calmthechaospodcast.com to find your next step and to like and follow this podcast and and follow along for the next episode. Maybe you guys have all the power, right? Yeah. To, sue, to serve your unique family and your unique children. I think, yeah, that's what it is. Like you are doing an amazing job. You are here, you are listening, you are showing up and that is all that matters right now. And so just take that, give yourself a big old pat on the back and say, you know, like, good job, human. Like, I think that's, that's what I want to end with and just say, just like Jason said, you've got this and we will see you or hear you or <laughs> be with you on the next episode. Oh, and before I go, one quick note for all of you who are enjoying the podcast. My new book is officially live and I know you're going to love it. So just a quick reminder, you can go get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com. And if you do, you'll get some cool bonuses as well. Once again, get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com and I'll see you next week.